0: This is ESPN Radio. The L.A. Rams haven't won a Super Bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals haven't won a Super Bowl.
1: How will pressure play into this game, and who's feeling more of it? You've got the most sacked quarterback against the most intercepted quarterback.
2: You're listening to ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and on ESPN Plus. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Chris Canty. We are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can give us a call. Join the conversation. Give us a shout on the Canty call in line. 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That is 729 three seven seven six so obviously we have quite the matchups to talk about on Sunday with this upcoming Super Bowl and we haven't spent a ton of time Chris on the wide receiver so I want to talk about the two stars in this game for each team in Jamar Chase and in Cooper Cup obviously Cup bringing home some new hardware last night but Jamar Chase it, this is going to be his first time in this on this stage obviously as a rookie the expectations though I think are pretty high considering what we've seen from him this season and that connection that he has with Joe Burrow so even though Cooper Cup is one of the very best wideouts in the entire league who do you think is going to have a bigger impact on this Super Bowl
0: I'm going to go with Jamar Chase Amber and here's the reason why one of the things that Zach Taylor loves to do is to isolate Jamar Chase on the backside of three by one formations and the Rams typically their reaction defensively has been Playing shell coverages to that, no matter what the coverage, um, uh, no matter what the coverage call initially is. So when they see teams line up in three by one formations or teams motioning the three by one formations, their reaction has been to go to shell coverages. So you're going to see cover two, you're going to see cover four, maybe even a little bit of cover six. But that's been their response to it. And so I think that Jamar Chase, because he's one of those guys that dictates the front and the coverage you're going to see the Rams commit multiple defenders in pass coverage to his side, which can create opportunities for other receivers in that Bengals receiving core to get busy and have highly productive outings. So I think it's Jamar Chase, but it's in that roundabout way. It's not Jamar Chase going for 266 like we saw him doing week 17 against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is Jamar Chase being more of the decoy, being the guy that draws the attention of the defense in order to create opportunities for other receivers. And the guy that I'm looking to to have a big day, I mean an absolute monster day, is Tyler Boyd. I know that everybody likes to talk about T. Higgins being a big play threat, but Tyler Boyd being able to operate in the slot it is the potential for him to do a lot of damage against a Rams defense that allows over eight yards per play to opposing quarterbacks when they're targeting slot receivers. So that's something that that you got to keep in mind. We know that they're going to try to play a lot of nickel and dime coverages, but even with that, Tyler Boyd is going to have his fair share of matchups against inside linebackers and safeties, and that's going to be advantage Tyler Boyd.
2: That's interesting that you're going with Chase there because, of course, you know, Jalen Ramsey. So there's a little somebody who might have something to say about that. Also, when we're talking about Cooper Cup, we are talking about a receiver who was included in the MVP votes. Like He did actually get a vote, which says a lot when you're not a quarterback right? in this MVP race this year, which of course went to Aaron Rodgers. So Cooper Cup is the more seasoned of the wide receivers. I could actually see a scenario where Cooper Cup ends up being the MVP of this Super Bowl. I don't know if I can see that same scenario, frankly, with Jamar Chase, as unbelievable as I think Jamar Chase is and has been this season. Jumpstart the new year with Body Armor Light, the low-calorie sports drink, hydrating your active lifestyle. Shop now at retailers nationwide. So you gave me a really good breakdown there in benefit of Jamar Chase, but I just think, Chris, in terms of what Chase is going up against defensively, not that the Bengals D is anything to sleep on either, but it's that secondary on the Rams that I'd give the nod to Cooper Cup.
0: Well, here's the thing. I don't necessarily trust the secondary of the Rams. I like Jalen Ramsey, but I don't trust their secondary, and I think Raheem Morris is telling us as much because they play zone coverage 65 to 70% of the time. If you trusted the entirety of your secondary, you're probably talking about playing man coverage 50 to 55% of the time. But that's not what they do, and I think there's, there's a lack of confidence in the corners opposite of Jalen Ramsey and then a lack of depth when it comes to the safety position. On Sunday, Eric Weddle is going to be the signal caller for that Rams defense. I mean, two uh, two months ago, Eric Weddle was on his couch watching football. That that's what that's that should tell you the lack of depth that that Rams secondary has, especially up the middle. And on the inverse of that, when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals secondary, the strength of that unit is the two safeties in Von Bell and Jesse Bates the third, one of the best safety tandems that you're going to find in football. Chide Awuse is also a nice piece at the cornerback position. The weak link is Eli Apple. I think everybody understands that. But, but all in all, I have more confidence in the totality of the secondary for the Cincinnati Bengals than what the Rams are bringing to the party. That being said, Cooper Cup is still going to get his. He's are- otherworldly.
2: You are almost convincing me here. But speaking of wide receivers, let's turn our attention to the guest line because we are thrilled to have joining us Juju Smith-Schuster, of course, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. Juju, first and foremost, thanks so much for joining us. I'm going to start by asking you about your quarterback because obviously Big Ben retires after 18 seasons. What was it like getting to play with him down the stretch of his career? Of
3: course, uh, thanks for having me. Uh... It's it's been an honor, you know. I was uh, able and fortunate to play the quarterback, a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, and I was just so grateful to have someone like that. Um, you know, my whole my whole life I've been playing football, and it's crazy. About ten years ago, I was sitting on the couch, like, man, I wonder what's going on in that huddle, you know, like on the last drive to win the game. And you know, fast forward to now, like I've had those opportunities to be in those huddles and to go down and win games, and
1: you know, to hear his
3: speeches. And uh, like I say it's been so grateful, and I wish him nothing but the best, and. uh Everything he's done
0: for me on and off the field has been amazing. Juju, I've got to ask you about your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers and their succession plan for Ben Roethlisberger. I know there's some quarterbacks in the building. There's Mason Rudolph. There's Dwayne Haskins. There's Josh Dobbs. What are your thoughts on how the Steelers organization should go about trying to replace Big Ben?
3: Um, I think uh, you know me personally. I think they're going to have you know a lot of young guys and they're competing uh, for a spot uh, this year. And I think they're going to bring in a vet quarterback uh, who can come in and and help those guys out. And that's I think that's our move, you know, this year. And we got to build with our own line. We got to get better there and just all the way around where we can uh, go out and hopefully draft a quarterback. But if we can't, obviously we got to work what we have.
0: So, you said that's our move, and I'm just curious because you're an impending free agent this offseason. Is that the inclination that you want to stay in Pittsburgh? Um, I just said R just because I'm not a free agency yet. So oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to clarify. I'm just checking. <laughs>
2: Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster joining Amber Wilson and Chris Canty here on ESPN Radio. So Juju Chris Canty mentioned it then so let's just go ahead and directly address it. What does the future hold for Juju Smith-Schuster?
3: Yeah, it, it holds a, I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot of factors playing to play into it. Uh, obviously, uh, last year was a lot different. You know, coming back and playing with Ben for one more year was like a huge factor for me. Uh, but going into this year, you know, I've got to find you know what's best for my future and my situation. Uh, so you just never know. And like I said, you know, going into possibly free agency another year you know i kind of know what it feels like to be there so i'm not as stressed not as worried and uh just happy for another opportunity to play ball game
0: juju i gotta ask you to put your football analyst cap on right now this matchup in super bowl 56 features two explosive wide receiver cores now i know you've seen that core from the Bengals up close and personal you guys played them twice this year who would you give the edge to in terms of wide receivers in this matchup
3: oh man that's a good one man uh I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be very, very honest. I'm probably going to have to go with the Bengals. Uh, mm. I mean, young young guys, but guys, you know, who's been playing? You know with a quarterback, who's young, and you know, just have so much thrill. I and mean, you talk about guys, you know, we playing with each other for quite some time now. Uh, and the one thing about these guys is that they don't quit. And I know they're going to they're going to play all four quarters. And uh, just just to give them a little spice, you know, I, I got the Bengals winning.
0: Ooh, I like it.
3: I like I'm you glad you picked one for winning. us. You you kept like it, you it. kept
2: it real for us. We appreciate that. So, Juju, on your way out here, tell us about the Adidas and Pencil pep, pep Rally.
3: Yeah, so it's great. This is an amazing opportunity, uh, not just for me, but a couple other uh, talent athletes just to come out here and obviously give back and, you know, with these kids in uh, the middle school and, and just teach them about, you know, just life. You know, you have these top, top Adidas athletes and you know, at once I was in middle schooler and I was in their shoes and for guys to come out and show show us love and answer questions of what we have, you know, as kids, is it's amazing. So uh, that's what we're doing today, and just like you said, just giving back with Adidas.
2: Juju Smith Schuster, hey, thanks so much for joining us, Juju.
0: Uh, no problem. Thank you. Get your bag, Juju. Get your bag this off season.
2: You tell him, Chris. You're advocating for all sorts of people on this show. He he, he wants a cut, though. Maybe Juju, if you get it, that's the problem. That's the problem with Chris Canty. He's always setting them up here. Don't uh, say I you want to cut. You see what ever, you want everyone to get their. See back. what
0: you're doing with my name in these streets, Amber. You tell the guys that I'm trying to, I'm trying to shug knight them or tank black them. I'm not trying to do that. I just want to see the guys get paid, suits and ties. Pay the guys. That's all pay I'm about. Pay the
2: guys. Coming up next, which team has the edge at quarterback? We discuss. This is ESPN Radio with Chris Canty and Amber Wilson.
0: This is ESPN Radio.
2: You're listening to ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Canty hanging out with you. We're taking you up until 7 p.m. Eastern. A ton to cover on today's show as we take you down the stretch here for Super Bowl week. And Chris, right now we have a Twitter poll we have on ESPN Radio on Twitter. Our Geico poll is looking ahead to one of the biggest sports weekends of the year. We want to ask you, what are you looking more forward to the most for Sunday? Is it commercials, snacks, the halftime show, or other and so far, snacks leading the way. Now I noticed Chris Hello I noticed Chris on this poll, we didn't actually include the game. So I don't know if the game itself falls under other, but I guess more people are interested in snacks than maybe the actual game. Commercials is the last on this list so far in terms of the voting process. I feel like commercials have been slipping over the years.
0: Well, here's what I will say. I I for one voted in the poll and I did vote for snacks, so I feel validated because that's now leading our poll. But, Amber, I I think the game is one of those that goes without saying. You're going to tune in because it is the Super Bowl, but it doesn't quite feel like the Super Bowl unless you have the right snacks. And by that I mean you got to have some wings and you got to have some pizza. If you don't have both, I don't know that you're necessarily leaning all the way into the Super Bowl experience. I don't. I feel like you have to really – You have to really question those types of people that don't have both wings and pizza at their Super Bowl viewing event. Whether you're at home, whether you're out hanging out with friends at a bar, however you're watching the Super Bowl, wherever you're watching the Super Bowl, if you don't have wings and pizza, I I don't know that I can trust you. I will put you right up there with people that don't like bacon and people that wear black Air Force Ones. They're just untrustworthy people.
1: With all due respect, that's not good enough.
2: Exactly. it's funny that you bring it up because we're having a Super Bowl party here at my house. And so I've been stressed about what food to provide. And this party is getting larger and larger and far larger than, frankly, I've asked for. And <laughs> so I don't know what to provide. But I told my husband, I feel like we just need to keep it simple. Like It it, it, it ain't fancy, man. It's a Super Bowl. And pizza and wings are staples. So we are going that direction. We've ordered a bunch of pizzas. We've ordered uh, Hooters wings. We've We're like running all around town ordering things from different places. I do have sandwiches. I have a sandwich platter we're serving as well okay but we got it covered with the pizza and the wings because i'm with you that felt like a super bowl staple now when i was growing up my mom would always make chili for the super bowl so that okay. also feels like a staple to me but i'm not gonna lie i'm not trying to make chili for a party of people just Damn it it ain't I ain't playing it. yeah i wonder
0: what that is that off the wall thing is for people because i'm with you chili is one of those that not every super bowl party is gonna have but i get how it is kind of one of those nuanced things that some people might just don't insist on because it's been tradition. So we want to throw that out to you guys on the Candy Call-In Line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What's the off-the-wall Super Bowl snack that you absolutely have to have while watching the big game? We want to hear from you. Amber, let's go out to the call-in line. Let's go to Justin in Illinois. Justin, you're on with Amber Wilson and Chris Candy, ESPN Radio. What's up, guys?
3: Hey, I, I got to tell you, Chris, you, you hit the nail on the head with the wings and the pizza. But come on, you got to have nachos, and you also got to have those little smoky uh,
0: hot dog type things. Uh, to me, so nachos and pig little... in the, nachos and the pig in the blanket. Uh, I don't know about the pig in the blanket. I can get down with the nachos, Amber.
2: I was going to say, the little smoky hot dog thinks He's got to be talking about the pigs in the blanket, right? But I don't know. Nachos I'm with him on. But now we turn our attention to the guest line, where we're thrilled to have Drew Brees joining us. Uh, Too much hardware to even list it all. I'll just call you a Super Bowl MVP. So, Drew, thanks so much for joining us. I'm going to start here. Uh, Your former coach, you know, he retired after 15 seasons with the New Orleans Saints. And I don't know how you sum up a career like that, but you're a broadcaster now. Drew so I'm going to ask you to do just that what is your favorite Sean Payton memory
1: oh man <clears throat> there's just there's so many to mention um, you know he was uh, coach Payton was the ultimate uh, communicator teacher and and motivator you know I, I think one of his greatest strengths was his ability uh, throughout the week especially during the season to tune out all the noise all the distraction, all the stuff that might be flying around, you know, about a certain game and just to get guys really focused. And um, I remember one of the things uh, that (laughs) I remember kind (laughs) of took us all, kind of caught us all off guard at one point was, I I think it was back in 2006, our first year there, we'd had a ton of uh, success as a, uh, as a team kind of early on in that season. And maybe it was unexpected and he wanted to make sure that we weren't going to get ahead of ourselves or get overconfident. And so I remember coming in uh, to the team meeting one day, and he had mouse traps hung from the rafters in our team meeting room, like to the point <laughs> where you had to duck to avoid one of these like mouse traps from snapping you in the nose or something. And everybody sits down, and he gets up there, and his message was, "Don't eat the cheese." He's like, "Everybody's feeding you this cheese. Everybody's telling you how good you are. You eat the tree cheese, it's a trap, right?" You know, like, we still have things to prove. We still have to get better. Um, You know, you're only as good as your next performance. And so he always had a message like that that would just kind of snap you back into reality and get you focused and ready each and every week.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing about those don't eat the cheese stories from Bill Parcells, too. I'm pretty sure that's where Sean Payton got it from. But we're talking with Super Bowl MVP Drew Brees. And, Drew, a decade ago, you were competing and winning a Super Bowl and now, as a part of NBC Sports coverage of Super Bowl Fifty Six, you're out in LA covering the Super Bowl. So, what it's been? What has it been like uh, being on this side of it? That transition from being a player to being an analyst, and then also this week leading up to the big game. How has that been different from your experience around the big game in the past?
1: Yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely uh, different on this side of things. Um, although at the same time, I, I, I think you just you recognize and appreciate all that goes into the coverage of a. Uh, of a Super Bowl game, you know. So obviously, NBC has spent you know, the last better part of two weeks here setting up. We have got multiple sets: one outside the stadium, uh, two of them inside the stadium, and then actually one on the field. So uh, we're going to be in all those sets. We got we're on on uh, on camera for five hours prior to the game, and then at halftime and post game. And so, you know, you're trying to put together not just the best show that you can, but you're trying to put together the most informative. the the most entertaining show, um, really get everyone primed and ready and as prepared as possible to to watch this game and understand exactly what they're seeing, you know, with both these teams, the journey that both the Bengals and the Rams traveled in order to get here, uh, and a bit of the keys to victory, you know. So in a lot of cases, just like you would as as if you were a player preparing to go win this game, in a lot of ways that's how you – you visualize and prepare for helping to educate the fans about these teams and about this matchup as well.
2: Super Bowl MVP Drew Brees joining Amber Wilson and Chris Canty here on ESPN Radio. So, Drew, I saw you tweet out about rules changes in the NFL that you'd like to see. And obviously, like the overtime rule being a common one that was discussed a lot this season. But you included in there the roughing the passer rule. And I thought that was interesting coming from a quarterback because, Drew, isn't a quarterback supposed to like that rule? It's protecting you guys.
1: Yeah, but I also recognize what's best for the game and and how how hard it is to play defense when you have some of the rules like that um, as a pass rusher. Um, I'm sure Chris can speak to this, you know. Um, as 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 the rules have progressed, you know. So listen, I I, I get it. I, I I think that any any rules that are designed around safety and protecting guys. Um, are extremely important and and should be implemented. I think the way that they protect defenseless receivers across the middle is absolutely uh, necessary. I think they need to take that a step further and start protecting them from the knees down as well. Uh, After we saw what happened to Chris Godwin, after you know, listen, back when uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski tore his ACL, what was that, four or five years ago in New England, it was a similar type of hit where he's just running a seam and a safety hits him in the knee, you know? So these guys these guys need to be protected from the knees down there, too. So now take it to the quarterback position in the pocket. Listen, protect protect our lower bodies because we're defenseless. We're stepping into throws. We can't protect ourselves there. It's some of these hits, and, and Chris, you feel free to chime in. It's these ones where a guy jumps to bat a ball and he accidentally brushes your face mask mm-hmm. or just swipes you. It, it's, in, it's in the natural um, – uh, you know, position of, of of playing defensive tackle or defensive and trying to just bat a ball. It's not like you're trying to punch a guy in the face mask. It's just a swipe or um, or something like that. So I I think I think in this the spirit of the rule is to protect the quarterback, protect the defenseless player. So yeah, protect his lower half, protect his a uh, 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 helmet to helmet shot where a guy's coming in leading with his head on your chin or the side of your head, but just a swipe to the head or something there's just too many games i saw this year where that determined the outcome in the game um or very nearly did so i think it's something that needs to be looked at and adjusted
0: couldn't have said it better myself drew and listen you're not only known for expert analysis or on the field excellence but you've also been great out in the community and i know you have a partnership with lowe's the home team for hometowns can you tell us a little bit more about it
1: Yeah, so I've been the GM for the Lowe's home team um, over the last two years, and it's been such a rewarding experience. I had the chance to do a number of different projects in New Orleans along with them, but they've been committed to doing 100 hometown projects around the country in 100 communities, and they're going to do a 101st project in the hometown of the city who wins this game, so either in L.A. or Cincinnati, Um, and it's home team for hometowns. We're encouraging everybody to go onto the Lowe's Twitter account and there's a poll where you can actually vote as to where uh what organization will be benefited uh depending on who wins so it's boys and girls club salvation army rebuilding together or USO but a tremendous project and and Lowe's has, has been a great NFL partner and I've really enjoyed working with them on this
2: Super Bowl MVP Drew Brees Drew thanks so much for joining us
1: all right guys have a great one
2: Coming up next, your calls and your Super Bowl viewing traditions. It is a very hot topic. The phone lines are blowing up here, Chris Canty. That's next here on ESPN Radio.
0: This is
2: ESPN Radio. Our Geico Twitter poll here on ESPN Radio is asking you what you're most looking forward to on Sunday. And Chris Canty is most looking forward to snacks. I assume the game's in there, too. In terms of Chris Canty's level of importance for Sunday. But snacks are like at the top of Chris Canty's list. It actually apparently at the top of most people's list. Because right now snacks is leading the way over commercials, over the halftime show, and over other. Which I think probably includes the game at some point. So it got us into a conversation about snacks. Chris Canty and Amber Wilson, we are uh, pizza and wings kind of people. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, I'll,
2: nor- I'll normally throw out like a salad or a veggie tray, Chris, to make me feel better about life and then not really touch it. But, you know, Hell. it's yeah, that's
0: just doing it so you don't feel guilty or feel right. as guilty. You know, you're providing a healthy option for those that choose it, but it usually goes untouched if we're being honest.
2: Or this is my move for this Super Bowl because I mentioned that I was throwing a party, and so I ordered a bunch of pizzas. One of them is veggie. So that's going to be my move. I'm going to have a slice of the veggie pizza, and it's going to make me feel like I got some vitamins, you know, and then I'm going to move on to all the <laughs> terrible stuff. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. Whatever makes you feel better about eating pizza, Amber. So we've I'm been I'm just asking- saying, the, to- the toppings that they put on it, they probably cooked all the nutrition out of it before they put it on the pizza. Anyway, I'm just saying I don't want to burst your bubble.
2: That's probably true, but let me live my dream here. So we've been asking you guys to join the conversation on the Canty Call-In Line, 1-888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That call-in line has been absolutely blowing up because apparently uh, Super Bowl snacks are a very, very hot topic. So let's turn our attention to Gage in Illinois. What's up, Gage? What's your favorite Super Bowl snack?
3: Uh, Well, it's not much of a tradition, but uh, in my house we're going to be doing Oreos and mayonnaise. Oh
2: come on, come on, Gage! Stop
3: yourself. We all miss Mike
2: Golick Jr., but we don't miss that portion (laughs) of Mike Golick Jr. He did not start a trend nationally.
0: Pathetic loser. Yeah, Gage, you you just had to be that guy, man. We have a great topic. People want to chime in, and then of course you want to throw in the mayo with the Oreo. We know that that's not something that people are going to do on a regular basis. You can't enjoy a mayonnaise-covered Oreo. There's no shot of that.
2: Deion Warwick. Amber, what people need to absolutely
0: know is that we will absolutely judge your favorite Super Bowl snacks on this show. That is going to happen. So if you call up here with some nonsense, we're absolutely going to disparage you and judge you on it. And we're going to talk bad about you. So let's see
2: what happens here. Are we going to disparage Justin in Phoenix? Justin, what's your favorite Super Bowl snack?
3: What's up, guys? First of all, let's get the veggie trays out of there. Let's get any type of mayonnaise covered, anything out of there. And let's bring in some little Smokies, those little sausages that you let simmer in barbecue sauce all day. Let's get some of those in there. And let's get some Rotel dip with that hamburger meat. Let's get that all
0: day long. That's
1: what we need. Yes. Okay,
0: I'm not opposed to that, Justin. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, listen, anytime you start talking about bacon wrap something, I can generally get on board with. But the little Smokies, I mean, listen, that, that's a nice little appetizer. That's something to kind of, You know, get the palette ready to go. But that can't be one of the featured items on the Super Bowl menu. I'm sorry. It just can't, Amber.
2: I'm normally not about the Little Smokies, but that's the second person now who's told us about them. So let's do one more here. We are doing Super Bowl traditions as well. Victoria in West Virginia. What's your Super Bowl tradition?
1: Well, my tradition is, you know, we fall in the month of love when it comes to Super Bowl. So you make your little heart-shaped cookies and whatever the team color is, orange for me. You put it on the Valentine cookies. But the main one I'm welcome this year is my orange hair for the
3: bingos. Who day? hair. So who day is right. So if my pastor keeps his word, I will have that orange hair on my head tomorrow when I sing in my choir.
0: I ain't even mad at you, Victoria. Victoria I, have representing nothing, I have nothing but respect for you because not only are you talking about putting out the, the menu to spread with the cookies that have the Bengals colors on them, but you're talking about your hair and your garb representing who nation. I am not mad at you at all. I yes. appreciate that level of commitment, that level of fandom because she's taking it to that whole other level, Amber.
2: Victoria representing in all types of ways. So we continue this coming up next. More of your calls. Give us a shout. one say espn 888-729-3776. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty.
0: This is ESPN Radio.
2: Not sure a show has ever made me more hungry than this one, Chris Canty. This is ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and ESPN Plus. We are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We are talking Super Bowl snacks. You can hit us up on Twitter at ChrisCanty99, at AmberW790, at ESPN Radio, where you will find our Geico Twitter poll. Let's turn our attention to the call-in line, though, because it's a very popular topic across the nation in in terms of what people serve for the Super Bowl. Keith in Arizona, what's on your table for the Super Bowl?
3: We have a tradition dated all the way back to Super Bowl number one. This mm. is a family holiday in our, in our house. We start out, we've added things over the years. We do do pizza, we got
1: wings, but we also do Italian combo sandwiches. That's a sausage with some shredded uh, beef, with some hot peppers. We got tuna hoagies that we put out for everybody. We got your desserts. We do little um, cheesecake squares of all different flavors. We got your nacho dips. We got, you name it, we lay it out. Yeah,
0: I love it, Keith. I love it. And you know the thing that I appreciate the most is that you said your family treats this like a holiday going back to the first Super Bowl. Amber, you know I've been an advocate of turning this into a three-day weekend for everybody. I don't know how the NFL needs to do this. Maybe they need to reach out to the government, but we need to make the weekend of the Super Bowl a holiday weekend where everybody has off on Monday. Shout out to the Cincinnati Education Department because they said the kids don't have to go to school in the Cincinnati area the Monday following the Super Bowl, so I appreciate them for getting the memo, understanding the assignment. But the thing that I love about Keith is saying that this needs to be treated like a holiday Because I feel like this is, in a lot of ways, a second Thanksgiving because you got a lot of food, you've got family and friends, and you've got football in the middle of it. So, Amber... I'm an advocate. I think we need to make this another holiday. I'm going to keep pounding the table for it until it actually happens.
2: It is a holiday. That Monday should definitely be a holiday, so none of us have to show up to work or school or move the Super Bowl to Saturday. Those are your options. We have a couple options. I know uh, football isn't played on Saturday, Chris. I know as a former player, obviously, you incredibly object to that notion. But either way, you need to have the next day with nothing to do for anybody except for recover from all the Glorious snacks that they consume while watching the Super Bowl. Speaking of, I'm going to go out to Tampa, John. You're just up the street from me. What's your Super Bowl snack?
1: Thanks for taking my call. Um, each year, I do bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Ooh, yes, and, and but Ooh. It, but it's all about how you do it because I do maple glazed bacon Ooh. and maple sausage crumbles in the blue cheese with feta cheese and shredded parmesan. We I either smoke them or bake them, but I use big jalapenos because I have the biggest poppers, but okay. that, that's
2: our tradition.
0: John, what I'm going to need for you to do is to give our producers the recipe for that so I can see about trying to get my fiancé, Mel, to make that for Super Bowl Sunday. That sounds absolutely outstanding.
2: I'm telling bacon, you what. I bacon driving up jalapeno John's.
0: poppers with blue cheese crumbles?
2: Sounds amazing.
0: Oh, It's glorious. I, I
2: mean, first of all, you had me at Jalabino Poppers, but then you yes. add all that other stuff to them? Yes. Yes, please. Yes.
0: yes, I need that. I need to have that in my life.
2: Now, for a regional flair, I'm going out to Texas. Brandon, you're in Texas. What do you serve? What does Texas serve? I know you do it big. What does Texas serve for the Super Bowl? Of course.
3: You got to have pizza and wings and a guaranteed must, hope oh, brisket.
0: If you don't have the brisket, it's not a party. Now, Brandon, how long do you cook your brisket? Because that's going to tell me a lot about how you get down. Well, it
3: changed
0: a little
2: bit.
0: Now I can get it in about 10 to 12 hours, and it will be pretty pretty good. Okay. All right. Yep. That, there that's, we go.
2: That's respectable. There we and go. Yeah. Anytime you we talk re-
0: about double-digit with the brisket, double-digit hours with the brisket, low and slow, I can be on board with it. Anything less than that then I got to give you the side eye when it comes to your brisket. I'm just saying, I lived out in Texas for four years when I played for the Dallas Cowboys, Amber. You pick up a thing or two, and I'll tell you this, folks in the Lone Star State take that brisket very, very seriously.
2: I respect anybody who wants to put that much effort and planning into their Super Bowl experience where they're willing to cook for hours and hours on end. So I absolutely respect that hustle. Let's stay in Texas. Matthew, you're also in Texas, so I don't know if brisket's on your menu. What is on your menu in Texas?
3: Nashville hot chicken
2: wings. Mmm. Mm. Now, I'm going to... I do the... I... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm going to sound real naive here. Like, what is a Nashville hot chicken wing as opposed to regular chicken wings? When you got that...
3: Uh, that cayenne pepper and that salt and all that mixed together on the wings it's you buy it and check this out, the way I do my Nashville hot chicken, I put a little bit of taco seasoning in there so it it, it changes the flavor, everybody they love them because I use Peppercorn Ranch, mm-hmm. the devil man and
0: Chris Candy, You yeah. talking about brisket Yes, sir. Oh, my brisket's over. My brisket's over. Eighteen hours. There you go. There Yay. you go. There you go. A Eighteen hours. Yay. There you go.
2: Those Nashville hot chicken wings, too. I, I, I mean, that sounds like something I could get down with if somebody wants to make me some. I, I'm not volunteering, but Matthew sounds like he knows how to get it done. I will Jay- tell
0: you this, Amber. Jason Fitz introduced me to that Nashville hot when I went down to the NFL draft. This is in 2019. That was in Nashville. And I've had the opportunity to have some of that Nashville hot. That that That's special. When you start talking about putting that on the wings, that takes it to a whole nother level. Now, when it comes to my wings, I'm generally a blue cheese over ranch type of guy. But with the Nashville hot sauce, you can't go wrong with either one of the dipping sauces. It's just that damn good.
2: I'm an equal opportunity employer when it comes to ranch or blue cheese. Like I'm okay. good with either one. I like my wings hot. I kind of like everything hot. Like... We had a pizza discussion off air, I think, and you had asked me what my favorite pizza is, and I said it's going to be kind of boring because it's whatever pizza it is with a whole bunch of crushed red pepper on top, or sometimes I'll even dip pizza in hot sauce because I like them hot. So I would imagine that I would like that Nashville hot as well, although I don't have much experience in that.
1: I, I don't know.
0: Okay, don't Amber, know. what what kind of hot sauce, Amber?
2: What kind of hot sauce? I mean, What
0: kind of hot sauce?
2: Not like, Tabasco ain't hot sauce to me. Okay. I mean, there's a bunch of different hot sauces. No, which one is your
0: go-to though? I mean, is it Louisiana? Is it Texas Pete? Frank Red Hot? Which one do you roll with? What's your go-to? I
2: don't roll with Frank Red Hot as much. Okay. Louisiana Hot, I'll get down with Texas Pete. I'll get down with all of it. So we have all that plus many more. Let's get back to some Super Bowl talk that's next here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Canty.